everybody. Welcome to the Timberland College Podcast. This is Mackenzie Matthews, um, and thanks so much for listening. Today on the podcast, we have my friend and my boss, uh, Pastor Bob Seal. He's the executive pastor at Timberline Church, and he hopped on to join me to have a conversation about change and transition and what it looks like to leave well. Um, He's taught me a ton, and I could think of no one better to invite to join me than him, um, just to share some of his experience and what he learned. So what you're going to hear in our conversation is some of his story in transitions, and my story a little bit, and some of the transitions uh, Justin and I've had. And then towards the end of the podcast, you'll hear a really practical acronym for ways that you can process through your own transition. So hopefully these things are helpful. I hope you enjoy this conversation, but enjoy listening to my conversation with Pastor Bob Seal. Bob. Hi. Hi, Mac. (laughs) Hey, true confession, Mackenzie. This is my first podcast right here. Hey, we are honored. Well, glad to have you. You were the perfect person to do this with, really. Today, I'm wanting to chat with you about just some specific advice I think that you've given me over the years about change and transition and really what it looks like to leave well, to leave a community well, to leave a season well. We're in the time of year when transition naturally happens, like seniors graduate, people move away. And this year is super weird. A ton of students who are moving and maybe didn't intend to be moving because of all this COVID stuff. Well, it's weird times 10, right? They're moving maybe because of COVID. We can't, they're moving because of graduation. We can't even celebrate with them as they graduate. Mm-hmm. Which is so, sad. Yeah. Weird. I wanted to spend some time just talking through, or maybe something that would feel practical, that maybe would feel helpful, whether someone's in change or transition right now, um, or we know, especially in the life stage of college and young adulthood, it's like, it's something that we have to navigate all the time. So first things first, Could you share some about what your relationship is with change, just generally? You like change, you hate change, and transition, and then can you share some about some of the big transitions that you have made or that you and your family have made over the years? Yeah, yeah. I'm one of those strange people, Mac, who loves change. I'm wired for change. I see change as an adventure, uh, a stress-filled adventure. I mean, it can be exhausting, but I look forward to it. My wife, Rosalind, uh, Roz, she's the exact opposite. She would like no change in a day, in a year, in a decade. She would like kind of steady, consistent, let's do the same thing over and over again. And I'm even, I like change so much that if there's no change happening, I'll, I'll just create it. Like I might in a good way and a bad way, I might just blow something up just to create change so I can rebuild it. So I, I like change a lot, see it as an adventure, but it, I think with it, I think I would say there's also, if it's a big change, it can be a time of grieving or loss or something like that. Um, it might be the loss of maybe something that was really rich and good mm-hmm. and, and made my life full, full and rich. It could also be the loss of something or someone I love that I'm deeply attached to. And there's some grief and process that I have to dive into. So some, some change is really exciting and an adventure. 
that mm-hmm. you create or have some control over. And I think then there's other change that you don't mm-hmm. have control over. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, we've switched geographies a couple of times. We've moved because of different opportunities. I used to work with Young Life, worked for Young Life for 25 years. And we moved four different times to four different communities and started over. So that, that's huge change, especially when we started having kids and it, you're, it's not just your, myself or Roz and I, it became, hey, we've got three kids, you know, we've got other people involved in, in coping with the change. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'd say one of the biggest moves we ever made was when we moved from Annapolis, Maryland, here to Fort Collins. I distinctively remember the sense of adventure of getting to move to Colorado, starting new rebuilding a young life area, all those things, you know, we were all excited. And at the same time, I remember sitting in front of our house as we pulled away in our, our white minivan and seriously like ugly sobbing crying. (laughs) And there's nothing less manly than a man sobbing in a minivan. That's that's I can envision it. It was not pretty. But that that sense of grieving a really rich season, a rich community, a rich ministry, mm-hmm. and knowing it was time to move on to something else and it was an adventure. So I think you can have both at the same time. Mm-hmm. How many years ago was that? Oh, gosh. Uh, 17. Okay. Yeah. 2003. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. I know for me, I think when it comes to change, I would have said I don't like it. But I've made some big moves too. We've had some cross Huge. country moves. But I think about when you were talking about crying in your minivan, every like big life stage transition, I feel like I would get super emotional about it. Like I still remember when I went the transition from elementary school to middle school, weeping in the halls of my school because I was so attached. I just get really attached to people. And then the middle school to high school, bawling. <laughs> school to college like it's hilarious thinking about all the little transitions but you have the emotion where you are always excited about the next thing but also grieve the thing you leave so I'm like that's super relatable it's super relatable yeah so I I think just giving yourself permission to be human and experience Uh the full range of the change so here's another question for you I think you've watched a lot of people transition I mean, you've done ministry for how many years? 36 years, Matt. Okay. So it's like a long time to be working in people work, like with Mm -hmm. people, students, young adults. I mean, you've seen people professionally. You've seen all ranges of ages, um, life stage changes. Like, I think you've seen a lot of people transition because it's a part of life. And I think you've seen people who've done this well and people who haven't done this well. And so I'd just be curious for you to talk a little bit about some ways you've seen people transition and how that's affected them like for better or for worse. Yeah. So if it's a, if it's a change or transition where you're largely in control of it, it's something that you're choosing to step into versus sometimes there's that change that happens to you. Mm -hmm. And I think those are both really different. If it's, if it's something you have control on, it's a control of it's a decision I would say involving other people your, your people mm-hmm. in it and the way I've always thought of it is 
um, hey, am I including people in the conversation? So when I decided mm -hmm. to leave Young Life after 25 years on staff, I involved um, a handful of people who were my people. Yeah, I trusted them. Yeah, I trusted them to tell me the truth, not just what I wanted to hear. And I asked questions and just listened to their perception of my thinking, the opportunity I was stepping into, and I received it. And they were really honest. So some of them had deep concerns about the move and pointed out some things that were really helpful for me. So I guess I think of it in this way is when I make a move like this that's really big, if I have some people that I trust, I've journeyed with in life, I know they'll tell me the truth. I just throw it out there and I ask them what I think. I don't simply inform people around me. Mm -hmm. People do that all the time. I feel like I see that, especially in college students and young adults now, is people will just make a decision and then just tell people. They'll be like, I'm leaving or I'm moving out. And they don't have that idea of inviting someone in actually seems kind of radical. I mean, I remember you telling me that, I guess it was, I was outside, I was out of college and I had a roommate who just moved out and didn't say anything. And she was just like, I'm leaving in two weeks. And I thought she was one of my best friends. I remember being so wounded by that because she just was like, I'm out. And I had no idea that idea of making decisions or people do that professionally. It's kind of weird because it's not smart. People say, oh, you don't want to like tell people you're leaving ahead of time. It's not a smart decision to make. Like people almost advise you not to do that. But you're saying it's smart to do that with a few trusted, safe people, not necessarily with everybody. Yeah, and I think that's that's an important dis distinction. You could overshare it, and then it's, I don't think that's wise. You need a few close people that you trust. They might not be even be your best friends. I would say they'd be your best advisors. There just mm -hmm. would be a wisdom to them and a trustworthiness to them to speak the truth mm -hmm. in, in that. And, you know, you did that when you did, you just and Justin decided to make a big move to California. You invited me into the process of saying, Hey, what do you think of this? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I appreciated that in terms of our friendship, having the opportunity, I was honored to speak mm -hmm. into that. Oh, I know it was helpful. Yeah, it was super well, helpful. What did you, so what would you say in terms of you learned that was a huge move oh my gosh, in terms of move. transitioning well, because I think you guys did it well. Mm -hmm. What, what yeah, would be some things I, you would say to me? I know it's interesting. Well, that move. So for those of you guys that don't know, I mean, my friendship with Bob has been a, a pretty long one. I mean, I graduated from CSU. Can we talk about this? The spring of 2010, <laughs> 10 years ago, Bob, I graduated. Ugh. Sheesh. But Bob, you had hired me to be an admin. And then I stayed in that role for two years. Then Justin and I got married and we moved to California and we stayed there for two years, transitioned back to Fort Collins. And then we lived in I, Bob's basement. Got, you did. I got to officiate your wedding. You got to officiate your wedding. Yeah. And you've been a you dear friend for a long time. For a long time. You've known me and watched me through multiple transitions. But I think when it's Thinking about the transition to California did feel like a big one because I was pretty rooted here, like in the, like a community here for like six years, had a lot of deep friendships. And it was the balance of like trying to invite people into something without people freaking out or thinking I was dying. 
because I think people do that sometimes too. <laughs> when you're like leaving, they cry like you're dying. <laughs> For sure. But that idea then, of asking people what they think and wanting my, my friendships that I care about to feel like they were a part of the decision or they got to speak into that. They were prepared. I mean, I had people praying with me for months before I'd make some of that decision. And maybe, <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's powerful to be able to do that in ways that are safe. I also think I have done that maybe in not as good ways. <laughs> like when I, I had a job working at Chick-fil-A when I moved back here. And I, yeah, I remember I got hired and we were having conversations about me getting hired at Timberline. So this was like totally professional. Like I wasn't leaving communities, but I was switching jobs <laughs> and I didn't have the job at Timberline, wasn't hired at Timberline, but felt like I really needed to honor my boss. <laughs> right. So I just told him like, I'm interviewing for another job and he didn't take oh. it well. Yeah, I was going to say, how did that go? <laughs> <laughs> did not go well. In my mind, like my motivation was like, I really just want to honor him though. I want to be honest and I want to honor this. But that maybe was a situation I would have done differently. <laughs> well, I, th I think that's a good point when it comes to this transition and change stuff is you're not going to do it perfect. And the only way you learn is by doing it. So I think back to, to making a move like this in college, you, you know, I had the experience of change like this that was, you know, like everybody else in college. I hadn't done much of it. I, mm -hmm. you know, so I think it's helpful to have some mentors. I think that's where that wise counsel comes in. I also had this friend who said this in transition in terms of doing it well is a good move, a good change or transition often has it. You have a group of people that are excited about celebrating you, the season you have had together, but they're excited also about sending you into this next part of your life, this next adventure you're going to. They can see that it's a good thing. They do, they're going to miss you but they're excited about your opportunity. And that's the way I felt when you and Justin moved to California. I was excited about what mm -hmm. you were going to be doing. I, it was a good fit and I knew God was in it. Mm -hmm. the, and then the second part of that is there's a group of people on the other side welcoming you. Um, that there's actually community there that's an enthusiastic, ready to welcome you you know, as you go there, that can't always be the case, but it could be your job. If you're going to, if you're going to a job where you get the sense they have great culture and that they're going to welcome you well as you get there and help you get settled and point you to the nearest grocery store or a dentist or a new doctor, those little things um, can be really big. I still remember Jackie Lynch my friend Landon Lynch's mom, and she was on our board of directors at Young Life. I still remember her picking which um, cupboards our glasses and our plates were going to, going to go into and unpacking our boxes for us. Mm. So if, if you're a real control freak about where things are placed, that might not be like a <laughs> blessing to you. But for me, the care she took as she did that, it was confirmation of this is, this is a good move. We're, we've been welcomed into a place and these people are going to be with us in life mm -hmm. as we journey here. Mm -hmm. So I think there's something about a good move that 
if you have both those things in place, even if it's in a bad decision, you're probably going to end up really totally. being blessed. I know it feels hard to build that. I mean, when I think through like, like that feels like such a gift to find and it almost feels hard where I'm like, well, how do you make that? Like, how do you create that as someone who it's like, I think of some of our seniors who just graduated, you know, several who have jobs starting in Denver, they have jobs in Texas, you know, they found a place to live in, but trying to be like, how how you get a group of people to receive you can be a, such a gift to have when you're just going to a place for a professional job or a place, especially where you know no one. I don't know. It just feels tough to create that. Yeah. And I think what I would say, Mac, is I don't know if you can create that, but I think you can find it. And I wish somebody had told me when I made my mm. first move that I needed to be intentional about finding that kind of community. I think my, you know, my first move was coming out of college. I had a job at a prep school in Maryland, you know, very kind of bougie kind of prep school mm. experience. You know, it wasn't a high school. It was a prep school, a preparatory school. And it was a great experience, but I, I expected somebody else almost to provide community to pursue me. And I realized that was the place where I realized at some point I found myself lonely. I don't have friends. I'm mm. working these long hours. Everything seemed exhausting. So thinking about taking the initiative to go out and find a church mm. or a community of of Jesus followers felt like it felt like a mountain mm -hmm. to me, but I think it's really important. Maybe it's just knowing that, Hey, as I make a move like this, it may be the most important thing that I do. I've got mm -hmm. to have a place to live. I've got to do well at my job, but next to that, I probably need to go find some Jesus centered community somewhere. Mm -hmm. And that's, that responsibility is on me. I can't expect somebody to pursue me at that point. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh, totally. And you have to make time for that. You have to make space for that. There's like so much discomfort in like stepping out of your comfort zone, going to a place where you don't know anyone, being the new person that walks in to a church. I mean, gosh, that stuff's like oh, so hard, but so rich and so important. I'm glad I've had people who've told me that too. Like that's your number one most important thing you do is you find that immediately and you take the ownership of that's on you to find on you to create. Yeah, I, I agree. It. And if I've seen people who have struggled in transition times, uh -huh. this is, this is the piece they've missed. And usually they end up finding their people, but not after, not until after maybe a season of loneliness, maybe even, and, you know, maybe even depression, I would say at mm -hmm. some point it, it, the pain becomes strong enough that all of a sudden they're like, I need to do something. You know, I need mm -hmm. to, I need to find some people because where I find myself isn't good. Mm -hmm. You know, I heard this thing recently that when it comes to change, and this is where maybe it helps to get practical, when it comes to change, see it, feel it, and then change. This is out of a book called Switch. Mm -hmm. And my wife and I were talking about this this morning, is that 
if we can see it, you know, the transition we're making, and then we can feel it, you know, kind of that part, let's embrace all of it. There's, you know, some grieving, there's some loss, but there's an opportunity. And in the midst of those two, hey, I'm feeling it, but can I see it? What do I want as I go to this new place? And I think mm-hmm. if I had saw, if I'd seen, I've had envisioned in my mind before I went into this job teaching, hey, this is what I want it to look like in terms of community. I think I would have had a more clear picture of what to pursue. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, then I would have already thought through, hey, it's going to feel a little awkward at, at points. You know, I'm an extrovert. So getting, going into a new, a new space isn't intimidating to me. But when I'm tired, uh, um, I'm, I have to kind of force myself to go do that and push through my, my being weary from work or everything's new kind of thing. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah, this time is an unprecedented time to, to be doing that. I mean, in some of, with some of the people I've talked to, particularly who are moving to new places, like had some friends who just moved to Atlanta, have some friends that are literally in a month moving to Texas, like having friends who are transitioning to a place in the midst where you can't necessarily go because churches aren't really gathering. You know, it's, a, it's an interesting time to say, this is what I need. This is what I want. How do you build friendship in this time or taking advantage of some of the social media connections, really doing a lot of Google researching. I mean, I feel like it's so important to reach out to churches to see what, you know, what things are going on for people who are new in this time and not just waiting to say, oh, when this all dies down, because we have no idea how long that's going to be. Yeah, we don't. And and thankfully, we've got Zoom and yeah, all sorts totally. of technology to, to, to stay in touch with our people. So Zoom's not a great... Um, substitute for actual relationship across the table, having a meal together, but it may be the best we've got right now to keep Mm -hmm. us anchored. You know, I Mm -hmm. just had a call with some friends that I've, they're just best lifelong friends since I was in college, actually. And we just got together for a call and had our spouses with us and laughed and shared our hearts on what was going on. So it's not a substitute, but it is definitely something we can leverage to help us in a transition like this. Totally. Totally. Okay. So I want to talk about the raft method of smooth transitions, which I could have sworn you taught me. (laughs) No, I love this. When you, when you showed it to me, I'm like, that's so good. I know. I'm trying to figure out, I really should give credit where credit is due, where it came from. I mean, it, it incorporates a lot of the principles I feel like that we've talked about, But I think it's just helpful for folks who are in transition now to think through, you know, this acronym or people who are going to be in transition to have it as kind of a thing in the arsenal. So kind of just want to talk through it. So it's raft, like a a river raft, the R being reconcile, A, affirm, F, farewell, and the T. Think destination. So reconcile, which is where you are able to gain as much closure as you can from the communities that you're leaving, like reconcile relationships that are unwell. This feels like maybe the hardest one of the four. Yeah. And again, I think it comes down to um, some intentionality, maybe creating some space to think through your transition. 
because I thought, I think sometimes when you make a transition, it, it's so fast and furious and you're taking care of all the planning that you're not thinking about, Hey, there might be some things I need to take care of, make sure relationally my transition is done well. Um, I've seen a lot of people in transition burn bridges. Mm. And that was one thing, you know, I think we talked about is never burn a bridge. Yeah. You've t- you know, for leave, sure taught me that. Don't, don't go scorched earth. Do you think people when know leave, leave a place. when they burn bridges? Like, do you think people are aware, like, I just burnt a bridge? Not always. Not always. Mm. But I think, again, some healthy... Uh, introspection of hey I like the way they that this acronym works hey reconcile there's any relationships before I transition that need to be reconciled and I think that would be for the other person Mm -hmm. but I think it was also for us as we make a transition so we don't we don't carry any baggage with us to the new place unwanted baggage with us when we move to our new place totally I do think it is 100% true how we leave one place affects how we enter the next one. So especially when people are leaving, you know, hard environments and just want to rip the bandaid off and start new and do something new and exciting and just run to the next thing. Like all of that, that you're carrying on your mind, on your heart, all of that comes with you to the next place. Like how you leave one place totally affects how you enter the other one, even if you say that it doesn't. And I think sometimes with relationships that are unwell, like, we can't control other people. You know, we don't, you can't make somebody at peace with you. You can't force that. But you can do everything in your power to reconcile. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and then you live with us, you live with freedom knowing that you took the first step. You can't control the response, but mm-hmm. you don't want to carry that with you. You, you know, I mean, you know this, I was a runner in high school and college, a distance runner. And it's funny, no, no distance runner. I mean, nobody in the stands remembers the first three laps of a race. The athlete and the coach remember their splits, their time for each lap. But those are the only two people who remember that. What they remember is the, the final lap, the bell lap, and where you finished. And so I think in terms of personally, even how I feel about how I finished, but also what's the taste I leave in people's mouths Mm -hmm. uh, about how I finished? Mm -hmm. Do they know I really did care for this rich season we had together Mm -hmm. and I value you as a person? Mm -hmm. Or even if it's a change because things didn't go well, that you still try to reconcile and say, Hey, this didn't work out the way ideally, which, you know, a lot of times things don't work out ideally, but I, I still, uh, I still see you and there's value to you and I'm going to treat you well, even if the circumstances weren't well, you know, weren't good. Yeah. That's honoring to do. And whether that's a professional job, like you're moving from job to job and you're not like leaving cities or states or cross-country moves like I think that's important to do in any transition um, because that's just honors people don't Mac don't you think that's true too if maybe you're not the one making the transition but if somebody leaves that you you kind of hold them loosely 
and you celebrate them as they go, even if you don't think it's the right timing mm-hmm. or it doesn't feel right to you or it's painful to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> that's so hard. I think that's, or especially working in ministry, I think that's been one of the hardest things. I just get attached to people. I want them to stay with me forever. But that idea of yep. being willing and open-handed to let them go and to always say prioritize relationship and being for the other person and not just being about my things or what I wanted, what I envisioned. I think that's part of having peaceful relationships or what's the verse. Gosh, I should know the, the verse where it says, do everything in your power to live at harmony with one another. Do you know where yeah. that? I Love don't know that. where, I don't know. The, I'll find, I'll put it in the notes, but just that <laughs> idea of, of living reconciled. I mean, is a, is a huge one, especially in transition. So that's, that does feel like the hardest one. Um, the A is affirm. So it's the idea of who do you need to thank? Um, who can you appreciate taking a moment, even just to share with the people who've impacted you, how they've impacted you when you're with them and acknowledging that people in your life matter. So there's part of this that I think is the intentionally taking the pause to celebrate, look back, reflect, and not just to do that on your own, but then to communicate somehow what that season meant. I, I love this. And I, I've got to confess, and because you've known me so long, you know, this isn't my strong suit. Um, I, I, it's easy for me to celebrate people if they're leaving and they've meant something to the community we've been in. But I'm such a, I'm in a, a person who's so in the moment and so on to the next thing that I often... I'm afraid have not let people know how much they've meant to me and what a blast, what a great experience it has been being a part of, you know, an organization. Mm-hmm. And I think I could have left in terms of affirming people's value and the experience. I haven't always left well because I've been so fast on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. So people, if you're wired like that, this is gold right here. I wish somebody had told me this oh, coming yeah. out of college. And this could just be simple. I mean, it could be thank you notes. It could be, I've seen students who right now are taking, you know, they're taking social media highlights of like what their college meant to them. They're, they're posting for cons. They're, ta- they're just taking a moment as you like write captions and you think about, gosh, like who was I when I came here? Or at the end of every season for Timberline College, we just did this on Tuesday. We had our large group end of the year gathering where we invite everyone to share, Hey, what does God do in your life in the last year? You know, where did he show up? Where did he move in this community? And it was so cool to hear people share just like, this is how I, this is how I came in. This is where I was in September to where I am now. And that's not even, that's not even like in the, in transition, that's just (laughs) taking a moment to do that for your year. But I think it's, it's, Powerful. And I would say it's, for me, it's definitely more in my wheelhouse. I love it. I love to journal. I love to look back. I love to, I have rhythms where I do that at the end of every year. But I think the idea of doing that when you leave a place and having a moment to say, thank you, if that's all it is, is just be like, Hey, thank you for the way you were, you know, cared for me, the opportunity you gave me, even if it's like job stuff to have that, I think it honors people and it creates again, like, a, a good bond and a peaceful bond between when you leave that affects that next place. I think it's super powerful to do that if you can. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're an expert at that. I've been on the receiving end My of that feelings. from you. And so <laughs> it's so good. I, I need to learn from that. And I probably need to be more intentional in that. 
Mm -hmm. the, the, this thought popped up into my head, though, and I thought of, because when I graduated from college, I stayed in the same town and had a lot of the same community. I would say this, though, is even graduating from college and, and making that tran like transition into the working world or back into grad school, whatever it might be, even if you don't leave a geography, I think it's still a huge transition. Totally. And so I think all the stuff that we've said, we've talked about so far is it doesn't mean you have to move geography. Graduating totally. from college, I think, is one of the most exciting, but also one of the most difficult transitions in my mm -hmm. life. And I think a lot of my friends. Oh, it was for me, too. It was a, it was a hard transition for me. Yeah. Yep. And I think I most totally people. Agree. So I think if people would just be honest about that and Mm -hmm. Totally. Okay. So the next one is farewell. Farewell, which is essentially again, making space to say goodbye. Um, yeah. Give people the space to have closure when you leave. This is, I think, folks who do going away parties. I mean, obviously, which we can't. <laughs> it's so hard when you can't do that right now. But having a moment where you have a chance to say goodbye. I just started doing a thing because when I had made that move to California, our very last thing where we saw people was at our wedding. Like we were leaving our wedding <laughs> onto the next thing and people were bawling like we were dying. It's what like, and that was a lot of our like high school kids that we'd invested in just weeping. And I've started to try and do a thing now where I'm like, Hey, I'll just see you later. Like trying to make it where it's, you're not dying, but I'm still having a moment where I get to say goodbye. We just had this happen actually last week. Megan Hudson, who just had a going away party, it was like socially distanced. I couldn't go. I'm pregnant, so I can't do anything. <laughs> but I, we still drove and wrote her a note and gave her a gift. And I sat on the sidewalk. But I had that moment of saying, like, I'm coming to see you. And I'm kind of giving the opportunity just to say goodbye. And it was, it was important to be able to do. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And I'm with you. You know, as people leave, it's not a eulogy. Like, I'm never going to see you again. <laughs> maybe, right. maybe I won't. But you know, keep it positive and exciting, but how can you lo love somebody by telling them, Hey, this season we were together was rich and full. Mm -hmm. And, um, I celebrate that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. And then the last one, which you kind of mentioned or talked about this already, but it's the, the tease it's think destination, which is getting excited, dreaming, thinking through some logistics of where you're going to get excited about where you're going. I mean, this one seems like it's the easiest part in some ways, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're going to a new place. But I, again, I'm uniquely wired. I like change. So this sounds like, hey, let's do this. This is great, you know? So I, I think with two extroverts on the, in the discussion, mm -hmm. an introvert might feel really very different than that, than that. And how they plan this part of it you know, would look very different. Like need to think through a ton of logistics. Now my wife would do that for us because this is, she's more introverted and has to really dial those down. So I think just acknowledging there, there could be a real difference to how two people totally. think of destination. But I think intention of, of finding that community mm -hmm. is the piece that I would add into the logistics that I do think maybe gets slips yeah. through the cracks. Yeah, that's probably more important than like where your grocery store is or, <laughs> you know, like that being a higher priority for sure is a part of those logistics. And, and Mac, we didn't really get this right 
I think, until our move to Colorado because in terms of intentionality, because when we moved, this was the first move we made where we said, we, we're going to find a, we're going to go to church the first weekend. Mm. So I think we got here on a Wednesday and we were like, we're going to church on Sunday and it ended up being a Saturday and a timberline. Uh, and it stuck, you know, first, first church we went to, but I had done some research online before I went. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and we also said we were going to be part of some type of small group. Mm-hmm. And, oh, small and that happened. Clutch. E- even if it, you know, we weren't committing to a small group for life when, when we tried it out. It was like a couple months small group. So it felt safe enough that, hey, if, this w- if, these, if we didn't click with the people or the church wasn't right, you know, we could have an out without offending anybody. But I love that raft. It's so raft. good. So yes, helpful. reconcile, affirm, farewell think destination is so so valuable um yeah and if you leave without closure peace in one place you carry that into the next i just think it's like that's yeah it's just true it's just a true fact so one last question for you last question we'll wrap it up is what advice would you give to students who didn't get the time to leave well so those students who were thrust into change especially in this season anything else you would say any other encouragements you would say to those folks yeah, I, I think especially in this season, that's going to be the case in a lot of ways. I just say you can, you can always go back. It's easier than ever to stay in touch. I think sometimes when you make a fast move like that, you might not even have time to think about are there relationships that need to be reconciled. So I think making the space in the midst of the move, the exhaustion, all of that to create some space to maybe go through this acronym. Hey, did I miss any of these pieces and how can I be intentional? And I, th- I think again, ideally there might be some other people that would initiate with you and for you, but I would say, take that responsibility on yourself and say, Hey, this is mine to own mm-hmm. and, and not expect somebody to do it for you. And I don't say that lightly because I, that's, that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, sometimes I don't want to take responsibility for that mm-hmm. in my own life. Mm-hmm. For sure. But make space, make space and then take action. Totally. I love it. Well, Bob, thank you so much for making time Thanks. to do this. I'm honored. I, I hope it was yeah. helpful. And, you know, I, it makes me think you've taken me all the way back to when I graduated from college and that first transition. and. Mm-hmm. even even now it created a little bit of you know emotional angst for me here at 56 years old of remembering <laughs> the just the excitement but the stress of it and that was a big growing year for me mac that year out of college and it came with a lot of challenge and it gosh in some ways it was a really easy year things went really right for me yeah. but it was still it was still difficult and challenging and i grew a lot yeah. So I think sometimes having that expectation, hey, this is going to be a challenging year and mm-hmm. a lot of personal growth. And just to know that I'll make it, I'll make it through the year, but I'm going to be <laughs> totally. a different person in a good totally. way. Yeah. And the Lord, it definitely goes with us, right? He goes with Always. us. He goes before us. He, um, there's, you know, there's tons of space. We're all going to change. We're all going to face change, whether it's life change, professionally, cross country moves, you know, there's tons of change and learning 
to continue to try to say, hey, I might not have done this perfect, but I'm going to just try. I'm going to try and do it well. I'm going to try and process and leave and transition well. It's valuable. Yeah. And that's life. And it, it, I'm not done with it at 56. Mm-mm. And I still need to be growing and learning how to do transition and change well in my own life. Mm-hmm. And the, the COVID thing is like graduate school for all of us, I think, in some mm-hmm. ways in terms of change and how to learn to do it well. And we're not doing it. We're not going to do it perfect. Maybe you will, mm-hmm. Mac. I'm not doing it. No, perfect. gosh, no. And there's so much grace, grace upon grace for that. Just Always. doing our best. Well, you're the Always. best, Bob. Appreciate you. Thanks so much for being with us. Right back at you, Mac. Love you.